Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to New Creation Realities. And we're going to go ahead and continue with our lessons in Christ. And today, I wanted just to touch on some things that have been on my heart since our last lesson. And we, we, we were looking at John chapter 15, where Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. And I just want to, well... I don't even know how to say it, just present something that the Holy Spirit may establish in our hearts. Uh, I believe this is very important just in, in on our end relating to the Lord, relating to our God, okay? <clears throat> and so... First off, I want, I, I, I know I've mentioned this uh, spiritual reality several times uh, in past lessons and in past classes and Bible conferences, etc., etc., but uh, I do want to mention it again, and I want to define it a little bit. All right, here's, here's the spiritual reality that the Lord had, has put on my heart for a few years now. First, reality than the knowledge of reality, okay? The knowledge of reality, my brothers and sisters, does not change reality. And what I mean by reality is Christ himself. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is the reality of God, okay? At the moment of new birth, Christ appears in the soul. This is reality because Christ himself, the reality of God, is now present in the soul. This is, of course, by a miracle of God, something that God and God alone can do. Man cannot do this. And that is first reality. God takes the initiative, initiative in His tender mercy and ever-abounding grace and does what no man can do. Okay? Then there is the knowledge of reality. This is where God, by the Holy Spirit, brings our heart from the knowledge of man below, complete ignorance, gross ignorance and darkness, unto the knowledge of God above, the eternal knowledge of God, who is Christ Jesus, his Son. This, my brothers and sisters, is also a miracle of God. So from beginning to end, it is all a complete work of the Spirit. It is a miracle of God. No man can do any of this. With man, it is forever impossible but not with God. God is the Almighty. God is El Shaddai. God is the All-Able, the All-Capable, and not man. Okay, this is... This is something that at some point in time our hearts must be established in. And this, of course, is by work of the Holy Spirit. Man cannot do this. Even, even me stating this, this cannot happen. Even in the, in the declaring of the testimony of this, 
No, it is the Spirit of God that must establish our hearts in such a reality, my brothers and sisters, in such a Christ. Okay? And so I just I just want to men I want to mention that because even as we read these uh, passages that are coming up, there's in reading the in reading the scriptures, we man, we approach the scriptures in very sadly in a way of uh, something that needs to be done, something that has yet to be done, or something that is done, and it's usually on man's part. Okay? I'll give an example with the two tables of testimony that Moses came down the mountain with to present to the children of Israel. Yes, they are called the tables of testimony. You can find it in two separate passages in the Old Testament. Well, Moses, after speaking face to face with God, comes down with the two tables of testimony, the tables of the testimony of Christ to present to the people of God. And all they could see was a list of do's and don'ts. They had themselves in view. And they reasoned with a natural mind, with a carnal mind, with the Adamic mind. They reasoned amongst themselves, within themselves, and said, we can do that. Because at that moment, they had themselves in view, themselves as the object. But the testimony has Christ, the Son of the living God, alone as its object. And so, exactly like the children of Israel, that's usually how we approach things, okay? <clears throat> and we're going to see that in John 15, because that's what really stood out from the last lesson. And I really want to just, well, not really emphasize but uh, just kind of bring it into perspective, uh, if we can, and bring the Lord into view, the, bring the Lord into the forefront. And so, from beginning to end, it is all a miracle of God. God has to take, take the initiative. No soul that is dead in sin, that is not born again, can in any way do anything to change its condition. No. God in His tender mercy and ever-bounding grace has to take the initiative and do what no man can do. Prepare the ground of the soul to receive the seed. Cause the soul to be able to respond, to receive the invitation of God. To receive the one whom God gives. And in receiving this one, the soul has, in fact, indeed, received all that it will ever receive of God in the person of Christ his Son. From that moment onward, the Holy Spirit still continues preparing now the ground of the heart, that he may bring the heart in knowledge from the knowledge of man below unto the knowledge of of God above, who is Christ his Son. The eternal knowledge of God, who is Christ his Son. This, once again, my brothers and sisters, is a miracle of God. Man cannot do this. Even, <clears throat> let me mark this down. 
even Jesus, when the rich young ruler came to him, it's uh, I've, I've got one of the verses here, Matthew chapter uh, 19, verse 25 through 26. When his disciples heard this, basically the rich young ruler comes to Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, okay. Jesus takes him to the testimony, which testimony prepares and directs and guides and brings unto Christ himself. So Jesus takes him to the testimony. And just like the children of Israel in the wilderness, when Moses comes down with the two tables of testimony that testify of Christ and Christ alone, the rich young ruler says, I have done that. I can do that. And so what does Jesus do? Okay, well, how about this other testimony then? Oh, well, I can't do that. Of course, man cannot be Christ. Man cannot be the son of the living God. Man cannot be the only begotten of the Father. Though we think we make good imposters, my brothers and sisters, God, the Father, knows the Son. He can recognize an imposter from afar. God the Father knows the Son. It is us, it is we who have no clue whom this one is. The one who is our very life, my brothers and sisters. And so Jesus presents the testimony to the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler, basically his heart has now been prepared where he sees no hope in himself, no ability in man whatsoever. And instead of, instead of placing his hope, his expectation in the only one who can, the one who is immediately before him, he goes away. The only hope was before his very face. And he still tried to find hope in himself, in the Adamic creation, in the flesh. And so he goes away sad. And so this, of course, upset the disciples. Not like upset as in got mad, but upset like, oh my gosh, what, what, what about? Verse 25, when his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished because right before that, Jesus says, uh, it's, let me, let me just go ahead and go there real quick and read it. It is Matthew. I had part of it printed out. Matthew chapter 19 verse, uh, let's see. No, let's start with verse 23. I'll mark this down. Verse 23, then Jesus said to his disciple, oh, well, verse 22. <laughs> Here we go to get a little bit of the context of it. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful. Oh, actually. Gosh, let me read the whole... <laughs> 
Let me just start with verse 16. Let me just give you the whole passage because it's, I don't want to, now that I'm looking at it, it's too good to leave out verses from here. Verse 16, now behold, one came to him, one came and said to him, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said, Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Basically, Jesus presenting the testimony to this one. The tables of testimony, what we would call the Ten Commandments or the Ten Words testifying of the one eternal word. Verse 20. Yes, that's so. Verse 20. Then the young man said, all these I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? I can do that. I've done this from my youth. Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Have me before your face. For at the moment, you have humanity, yourself before your face. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then Jesus said this to his disciples. Of course, my brothers and sisters, these disciples, not these disciples, these possessions. um, Let's see, where was it? Look at verse 21. If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. You will have that which is of heavenly, celestial, eternal value. Come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great earthly, temporal, below, carnal possessions, which do not last. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard it, of course, rich, rich in this world, rich in that which is considered of value in Adam. When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible. From the very very beginning, with men this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Not man, but God. Not man's ability, but God. El Shaddai.
the all-powerful, the almighty, God's ability. That is the beginning, my brothers and sisters. That is the moment of salvation. This is what <clears throat> this is requiring a miracle of God. God, his and his ability and his ability alone for salvation. Moment of new birth. The Paul, and forgive me, I, I didn't go on, I didn't look it up. Let me see if I can find it. In Galatians, in Galatians chapter 3, oh, I love this. Let me just read verse 1 through 3. This is the Apostle Paul. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? Herein is where the door is open. Christ himself, the door. Because before, the soul could not come, for there was no door until Christ appeared. All right? before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Did you receive the eternal Spirit of God, the eternal Spirit of Christ, by what you did or what you have done? Or did it come by faith in the ability, the miracle of another? Remember, with man, it is forever impossible. And you can underline that word forever and impossible. Verse 3, oh, oh, are you so foolish? And here we go. Having begun, begun in the Spirit, here's the beginning, by a work of God, a miracle of God, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh. If it required a miracle of God for you to begin, that is for you to have your beginning, because the beginning of the soul is Christ himself, what makes us think that we can now proceed onward in our own ability? My brothers and sisters, once again, impossible. John chapter 14, verse 20. At, or actually it's in, it's translated at in the New King James Version, but it, it is in, in that day. In that day. In that eternal day where shines the eternal light, who is Christ himself, the light of the creation of God. 
Everything below, my brothers and sisters, you've heard me say this, is gross darkness, ignorance. And once again, man knows a lot of things. Man can memorize things and have a great IQ. We can learn things that others have studied out. Amen? But man, by man's ability, man's mind, man's reasoning, man's senses is forever ignorant of Christ. It requires a miracle of God. So Jesus says, at that day, or actually in that day, day, not night, but day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Beautiful relationship. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, you in me, and I in you. A spiritual relationship, a heavenly union, a spiritual union brought about by God alone. Man didn't do this. Okay? So, <clears throat> the passage that we were looking at, last, our last lesson, was in John chapter 15. Where verse 1, I'll just go ahead and read verse 1, maybe through verse 4. I am the vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. And just real quick, this is Jesus speaking. I am the vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Hmm. The vine dresser, the vine dresser is the one who takes care of the vine and the branches. The vine dresser. Jesus didn't give us, Jesus didn't, Jesus did not give man that responsibility, but he acknowledges his father as the one responsible. Do you see the difference? Man is not responsible, brothers and sisters, for anything, not for his own salvation and not for the knowledge of his own salvation, not to be born again and not for the knowledge of the new birth. Man is not responsible because with man, once again, it is forever, eternally impossible. Man could not, man cannot, and man can never nor will be able ever to perform, to do anything. No ability whatsoever with man. So Jesus states plainly, I am the vine and my father is the vine dresser. He is the one who tends to the vine and the branches. He is the one who keeps the vine and the branches. I love that. 
I love that. Of all, <laughs> of all the ones Jesus could have, have just made known who's entrusted with this, he places the full trust in his Father, his Father alone. Our Father, my brothers and sisters, we who are born again, is entrusted with our care, not we ourselves. He goes on, verse 2. Every branch in me, of course, is because he says here, in me, and emoi, every branch in me, he's declaring this for those who are born again, because they have been brought into this spiritual union, this heavenly union, by God, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Okay, now, we looked at this just a little bit, uh, our last lesson, but where it says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit. I just wanted to mention this for, just think of this, for any plant, even uh, grapevines, there's a few things that are needed for its growth. One is good soil that the vine dresser prepares. The other is watering that the vine dresser waters. I think it's in uh, Peter where he talks about the, the water of the word. Forgive me, I, I can't remember the reference, but it may be Peter. It's, I know it's in the, the New Testament, but the water of the word. And another thing for growth, my brothers and sisters, is light. These are essential for growth. Now, now, hold on, <laughs> hold on, don't get carried away, don't start running off in every single which way, every direction, no, 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 hold on. The growth, my brothers and sisters, the only growth that a believer will experience is to grow in the knowledge of Christ the Son. To grow in the knowledge of the one who is present. Because at the moment of new birth, the soul receives everything it was created of God to receive in the person of Christ. God did not withhold anything, but he gave all in the person of his son. Back to our verse. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And once again, that's uh, Aire, Strong's number 142, takes away, lifts up. Possibly lift up to the light. Lift up to the light and away from that which is below, away from the earthy, away from the temporal, away from darkness, by lifting up unto 
the light. And you, yes, he takes away. You can read this literally like it says it right here. He takes away in giving the knowledge of his son, the light, the knowledge of his son who is present to the heart, the soul. He takes away the ignorance that the heart is submitted unto. So even this, this, this phrase, takes away, can be read both ways, my brothers and sisters. Can truly be read both ways. And some, some translations, some versions, have it just that way. Okay? Because they both apply. Because it is always God by His Spirit. This is already established. This is every branch in me. This is reality having been established. Christ is in the branches. That union's already been established. That does not bear fruit, he takes away. He brings away from the earth. He brings above, away from the earth. Brings unto light and takes away darkness. My brothers and sisters, Christ is fruitfulness. Let me say it this way. Christ, the resurrection, is the fruitfulness of God. Fruitfulness is present in the soul, the moment of new birth. If the heart is beholding the face of humanity and is ignorant, ignorant of the fruitfulness who is present in the person of Christ, then the vine dresser does what is needed, prepares the ground, waters the ground, and lifts up the branch unto the light. And therein is now found the fruitfulness of God. God and God alone, my brothers and sisters, God the Father is the vine dresser, not us, not you. Stop trying to be God. <laughs> Stop trying to do what only the Almighty hath done and can make known. Stop trying to be Jesus. The believer does not have two lives, my brothers and sisters. No, we do not. We do not. The, the, the thing is, we look into a natural mirror, our heart submitted unto the Adamic mind, our heart submitted unto the mind below, the natural mind, we think that this is our life. We think that this is our life, that which was born of the flesh. My brothers and sisters, that is no life at all. 
that does not have life, that did not have life. It was God in his tender mercy and ever-abounding grace that took the initiative by the work of his Holy Spirit that prepared the ground of your soul to be able to receive the seed, his eternal seed, who is Christ, his son. Now, we do not, my brothers and sisters, once again, we do not receive a little bitty Jesus. No, we do not receive a single seed. No, the single seed came, came to the earth, fell into the ground and died, was buried. And my brothers and sisters, the little seed, Jesus of Nazareth, came forth, the glorified Son of the living God. Fruitfulness, the one who fills both the heavens, remember our last lesson, the heavens and the earth. So every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. He cuts away that which is still ignorant of the life that is present. Verse 3, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Verse 4, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Okay, verse 4, abide in me and I in you. Now, when you first when you first hear that, when you read it, when you hear it, it sounds like it's it sounds like Jesus is saying this. You do this and I'll do this. That's listen to what it says. Abide in me and I in you. That is the New King James uh, version of the scriptures for verse 4 of John chapter 15. Abide in me and I in you. Do this and I'll do this. That's what it sounds like. Okay, with that, my brothers and sisters, upon whom is the weight of the whole entire matter placed? The whole issue, the weight of the matter is placed upon whom, if read that way? If read that way, it's played, the weight of the matter is placed upon you and me, upon man. My brothers and sisters, remember, with man, it is forever impossible. Man cannot. Man could not. Man cannot. And forever, man will never be able to. Okay? That's why I wanted to just read so, uh, share so much before that, before reading that. All right? Because it is not based, nothing of, nothing of, of God is based upon man. Nothing of God is dependent upon man. Everything of God is based upon Christ. Everything of God is dependent upon God. I want to read a couple of different uh, versions, a couple of different translations that, uh, that bring this emphasis, that bring Christ into the forefront. Okay, that bring the work of God into the forefront, that brings, that brings the ability of God, El Shaddai, the Almighty, into the forefront. Okay, you remember once again, 
just that spiritual order that I started off with, reality, then the knowledge of reality. Okay, both require that miracle of God, brothers and sisters. So here's the New King James Version once again for John chapter 15, verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. Okay, sounds like it's all dependent upon man, right? This is the Bible in basic English, and this is one of the most beautiful translations I've found. We're going to read a couple more, a few more, but listen to this. Be in me at all times as I am in you. Now remember, he is speaking to the branches who are already in this union. This union, this union that comes about the moment of new birth. The moment of new birth when God, by a work of the Holy Spirit, Christ appears in the soul. So Christ is now in the soul. That very moment, the soul is now in Christ. That is an eternal union that God and God alone has brought about. It is His miracle. All right? It is His marriage. Okay, so verse 4, once again, Bible in basic English. Be in me at all times as I am in you. So if reality has already been established for the believer, what is now lacking? When reality, nothing, in truth, nothing. But God brings by his work, by his Holy Spirit, unto the knowledge of reality, unto the knowledge of Christ. So be in me at all times. May your heart be brought above in knowledge continually at all times as I am in you permanently, eternally established. This is the complete Jewish Bible. Stay united with me as I will with you. God told Jacob when Jacob was about to leave the land of Canaan uh, to go to Haran, when basically he was fleeing from his brother Esau, God tells Jacob, I am with you wherever you go. I will be with you wherever you go. There is no place, my brothers and sisters, where we can flee from God. We who are born again, there is no place we can be where God is not present. This is the New International Version, uh, the 2011 Edition, remain in me as I also remain in you. The emphasis is upon the Lord himself, not upon man. Remain in me as I also remain in you. Basically, I am remaining in you. May your heart, by the work of my spirit, my ability, now remain in me. I like that uh, Bible in basic English, be in me. And I've said this several times, be where we be. This is uh, the New Revised Standard Version 
for John 15, 4, the exact same verse, abide in me as I abide in you. And then this is the message Bible by Eugene Patterson. Live in me, make your home in me, just as I do in you. And see, what I love about these verses, and the reason why I wanted to read them, is because it places all of all of the requirement, all of the emphasis upon Christ. not upon man. Because this is so, now may your heart abide in the knowledge of what is so. All right? I want to read this last passage and I'll go ahead and end it. Uh, this is John chapter John chapter 17, verse 20 through 26. And Jesus, Jesus is basically praying to the Father that uh, that those that the Father has given him may be where he is. Now I'll just go ahead and start with verse 20. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and have loved them as you have loved me, that they may be one. This happens, my brothers and sisters, the moment of new birth. Verse 24, it is purpose. There is purpose for being in Christ. Verse 24. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am. Once again, this happens the moment of new birth. That, so that, with the purpose of, they may behold my glory. Behold the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ and no longer beholding Adamic, the face of man. Glory, my brothers and sisters, is light, is bright, shining light, which is found exclusively in the face of Jesus Christ and nowhere else. Herein is light. He is light. He is the light of the creation of God, the light of the world. And even just mentioning that, Jesus said, And whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness. Whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life, the light of the world. And so that's basically all I wanted to share for this lesson, uh, mainly bringing an emphasis of the ability of God and God alone to the forefront, uh, where we may place our expectation and our hope rightfully in the one we ought, who is Christ himself, not in our ability, not looking at ourselves for anything uh, or even to accomplish anything, but looking 
unto the Lord and the Lord alone. So please present this to the Holy Spirit. May the Holy Spirit just take that which he desires to take for God's own end and God's own purpose. Amen. He is the vine dresser. Our father is the vine dresser. He takes care of the vine. He takes care of the, the, the vine's branches. He knows what is needed. He always knows what is needed. So present it to the Holy Spirit. May God may accomplish what is needed in our hearts, just as he has accomplished in our souls. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. We'll see you in our next lesson. Amen.